and um, get ready for the Word of God this morning. Get ready for the Word of God this morning. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Week, what are we? Week three of our series, Church, and uh, we have been unpacking uh, our vision statement, if you will, Uh, although, you know, vision kind of uh, label is possibly a better word. It's a label that we added to our church name, C3 Victory, a home for hope. And uh, we added that because we felt that it prophetically defined where God was taking us as, as a church, as a people, as we moved into uh, this next generation of our church, right? We are, we are in the generation that will see our church go from uh, 75 years old as a church, right? We celebrated that, I think, two years ago. And, and we, are, we are moving towards that celebration of 100 years. And uh, I'm super excited about getting there. I know God's got a lot to do along the way, uh, but we have a vision from Him as to where we are going on that journey. And we've been unpacking it a little bit, right? It's one thing to out, uh, like, like give a statement, if you will. It's a whole nother thing to begin to unpack what that actually means and looks like in the lives of the community of believers. Uh, and that's what we've been doing in this series. And Pastor Darren kicked us off in week one and he unpacked the idea that we are individually homes for hope. And we need to understand that that is preeminent, that is first, that is the most important, that we ourselves have an individual, have responded to Jesus, have, have acknowledged our sin and our separation from Him and have accepted His free gift of forgiveness so that we might have relationship with Him and have the opportunity to be filled with His Spirit. And in doing so, it says that He has come and made His home in us, right? Um, But there's a truth that we are not individuals in the kingdom, but that we are a collective. And so whenever there is an I, it's really a we, right? Even in that statement that He has come and made His home in us, there is a sense of the us-ness of the body of Christ. Um, So there is this, that we might have an individual relationship with God, but it's never an isolated or alone relationship with God. Our relationship is personal, but it's also collective. It's outworked in the body of believers. That is what the church is. That is actually the bride of Christ. You alone are not that. Okay, we are collectively uh, the bride of Christ. And so, yes, individual relationship, but collective expression and collective uh, outworking and living that relationship is in is, is a lot in the collective. And so it's we. Right. Um, and it's not it's not I. And that's great because that's where we that's where we let go of my preference and my right and my ideal and and we realize that there is a we and that there is an us and that there is a them and that there is these collective words that we're supposed to now operate out of and within. Uh, And that's really important. Otherwise, we get selfish in the kingdom of God, right? And we get me focused in the body of Christ. Uh, And that's, that's, that's not what God wants. That's not his plan. His plan is that we would be others focused and us focused and, and them focused. And we would see the church as a we, and we, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even kind of differentiate me from the church, right? We wouldn't sit and say, well, well, victory does this or victory does that. No, 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 no. No, we do this and we do that, right? Like victory is you. It's us. It's we are it. And if we separate I from it, we start to get critical and we start to get analytical and we start calling things out and we forget that we are what we're calling out ourselves. So there's this collective. I'm not going to 
get too stuck there. You guys got me all worked up last week. I was, I was, I was up here for like the whole message. I'm trying to be a little bit more settled today. And, um, and, you know, and then we've begun to unpack the corporate, right? Because in our vision, we said we are individually a home for hope. We are collectively a home for hope. We are corporately a home for hope. And we are locationally a home for hope. That locationally, locationally is, is the last thing because identity is far more important than, than a building, Right, and I firmly believe we are going to have multiple buildings as a church that have multiple functions and forms, but we've got to ensure that we are who God is planning for us to be before we get the building, or we will go back to operating in an old wineskin. And one of the prophetic things spoken over our church coming into this transition and coming out of it was that there was a new wine and a new wineskin. In fact, Isaiah 43 says that God is making a way in the wilderness. And and streams in the desert, right? And it's really interesting that there are streams which speak of the river, which speak of the Spirit of God, and then there are paths in the wilderness which speak of, of like, like um, uh, uh, structured things. And so there is this, this balance of the, the, the Spirit, and then there is structure. And they, they, these things go hand in hand. And we've talked about it many times, that there is the, the wine skin, which is the structure, and then there was the wine inside the wineskin, which is of the Spirit. And so we've got to ensure that we are walking both of these things out. And this message series has very much been about unpacking the road in the wilderness, if you will. It's the structure. It's the redefining of the wineskin that God is doing within our church that is preparing us for the new wine. The, the, the thing of His Spirit that He's going to pour out that we can't manufacture, that we can't force, that we can't just like drum up out of nothing. This is going to be of God. God's spirit. It's his anointing for this next season of our church. But there is a path in the wilderness and there is a wine skin to be unpacked and discovered so that we might be able to hold the wine, that we might be able to enjoy the river or the stream through the desert, right? And so this idea of how we function corporately is very much the path, the new path through the wilderness. And, you know, God says, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Can you see the new that God is forming? Over this series, that would be my deepest kind of question to you. Are you starting to see what God is shaping? Are you starting to see the way God is structuring these new paths through the wilderness? Are you starting to see the wine skin that God is forming in us as a church? Because when we get that, there's going to be an outpouring of His Spirit that is incredible and unbelievable. And I'm, I'm, I have an expectation of miracle after miracle. I have an expectation of salvations, of, of incredible moving of His Spirit in our services and all sorts of things. But... God's shaping the structural parts of us first. And we've been looking at Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's been kind of like the bedrock of our series, if you will. And, and I want to go back there this morning to keep unpacking these corporate elements, right? You know, last week we talked about the temple. And uh, I know I rushed through it a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clarify some things today, so don't worry. But uh, we want to go back to the Word of God, back to our foundation, and, and keep pulling stuff out. So Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says this. It says... 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There's a, there's a unified focus there. That's really important, right? Like unity, do all you can to, to protect the unity of the Spirit, right? There is something about a united focus, purpose, heartbeat that is really key. Uh, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They were, they were devoted to fellowship. There was, it was such a high priority for them to, to gather together. It was like right up there on the priority list. It wasn't, there wasn't a consideration. The, the opportunities to gather and fellowship together were not, were not things that they questioned in the moment. They were commitments that they lived out without asking uh, the question as to whether they were going to do it this day or that day or this week or that week. No, 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 no. They were devoted to fellowship. And, and you know what? We might be online right now, but that doesn't mean we're not devoted to fellowship. I love how many people I see week in and week out on this chat because you know what it tells me? You're devoted to the fellowship. You're devoted to whatever it looks like in this season, but what it looks like doesn't determine whether you're devoted. What determines whether you're devoted is a decision that you made a long time ago to be planted in the house of God. No matter what that gathering looked like on a Sunday, you're like, no, I'm devoted to that fellowship. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make the decision uh, 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 without questioning each week whether I will or not. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm going to be there. I'm devoted. I've made it this high in my priority list that I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to de- devoted not just to attending, but I'm devoted to the fellowship. There's something powerful in that, right? Because it's not just a showing up. It's not just a presence. It's, it's, it's your heart and where it is uh, in terms of connecting with the people that are the fellowship, right? I love that the word is both and. It is the gathering, but it's also the people that are there. And if we're devoted to the fellowship, we're devoted to the gathering and to the people that are there, okay? They were, they were that. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Be there on Tuesday night. Okay, be devoted to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. That's a, that's a, that's a, I think sometimes we can get caught up on that. That to me is less of a descriptor of, of how and more a descriptor of what. Like that's a, the depth of fellowship that they created. Right, that, that's what that communicates to me. When I read that, I'm like, wow, they really loved each other. That, that speaks so much of the depth of the fellowship, the depth of the community that they described it as, we just shared everything. We just shared everything amongst each other. We were that close. We were that tight, that much of a family together. That's just what it looked like. And it says, and all the believers, oh, I've read that, sorry. And they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes to the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Salvation, right? It's the, it, it's the fruit. It's, 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 it's the true north. It's the thing that we most desire to see happening in people's lives. But there's something that we need to, need to recognize in this is that, that that came as a byproduct and fruit of getting everything else functioning. Okay, and that's really important. And I want to tell you that I really believe that the salvations that we desire and and the ongoing uh, work of the Spirit in people's lives and all the things that we want to see flowing out of our church community will come as a byproduct of getting the community and what I would say the new wineskin functioning the way God wants. 
And so this morning, I want to begin to unpack a little bit more, right? Like, I don't know about you, I love puzzles. If you love puzzles, I know, I know Pete Mack loves puzzles, but if you like puzzles, you just put something in the chat, like, I love a puzzle, like, or you could put, like, they like, clarify, like, your level, like, I'm 5,000 plus elite level, like, that's how many pieces you do. I don't know, we could, we could get a real competitive thing going in, in, in the chat. I'm like, I'm like 1,000 plus level, 5,000 plus, I don't know, you, you work it out. Put something in the chat if you like a puzzle, then I'm, I know I'm not alone. Earl's the 10 big pieces, right on, fantastic. The thing with puzzles, right, the thing with puzzles is that when you open up the box and see all of the pieces, it doesn't look like a picture. There is, there is a system to going from crazy pieces everywhere to the whole picture. And it starts, I know this is going to sound a little clear, but it starts, it starts with one piece. And often when you're doing a puzzle, it starts with the corner, right? You put the corner in and then you're working on the edges, right? You divide, the vitinals are a thousand plus. Yes, come on. I see a 500 tops in there. That's great. But maybe your system is the same as mine. You, you like get the edges. You work the corners, you work the edges. And then once you've got the boundaries, once you've found the, the outside edges, once you've, once you've been able to formulate the, the boundaries and the overall structure of the puzzle, that's when you start to work on the inside. That's when you start to work on really putting the detail to the pictures. But it's difficult to do the detail to the picture unless you understand the boundary of the puzzle. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret, okay? You can't use this against me. You've got to promise, all right? I used to have a nickname when I was growing up. And my cousins gave it to me, and it was Puzzle's Brain, Puzzle Brain's Wellburn, okay? Puzzle Brain's Wellburn. And, um, and it was because I used to do puzzles all the time. And so this whole, I, this, this, this process for me became ingrained. Corners, edges, detail corners edges detail and I feel as if this this is a way in which I want to describe what we are doing right now unpacking this new picture that God has given our church right we can get lost if we want all the detail at the beginning I'm telling you what we're doing right now is we are outlaying the corners and over the next few months and years, we're going we're gonna to make sure we get the boundaries, we get clarity on the edges, and then we start working on the detail. God's not into doing this overnight. God has an incredible plan about working. And if, if, if I can encourage you in one thing, it's not to get lost in the one piece that we start with. Okay, last week we rolled out this idea of the temple being a party in a home. Okay, and that's a little bit new for us. I said some things that if you didn't realize that we were talking about just one piece of the puzzle, you could be very worried. For instance, I'm like, that's not where we're going to unpack all the deep teaching of scripture. Now, if, if you don't realize we're talking about one piece of the puzzle, you might start to think that we're a church that no longer is built on our value of the word of God, which would be a really um, untrue thing for you to take away. Okay, uh, because our values are still embedded in our heartbeat, right? Like our reason is Jesus, his people, his presence, his power, his word, right? Like we're not moving away from that. We just recognize that there's spaces and places that need to be clearly defined so that we can have a greater effect in those places. All right, so I'm, I'm trying to take us on a journey here, church, and I don't want anyone to get lost thinking that the one piece is the whole picture. One piece at a time. Is that okay? I just, I just needed to put that out there for you so that you didn't think that, you know, one piece was the whole picture. Uh, but I am going to clarify a few things around the temple, 
All right, Matthew 28. We started there last week. We said our mandate is discipleship. But discipleship is, it's this journey, right? It's this beautiful life that we engage in. And um, discipleship has, has, these, has these different elements that need to occur in different spaces. And if we don't understand that, we think that all discipleship will happen in the one setting, okay? And when we do that, we try to make the one setting everything, okay? And so we try to have, uh, let's say, like the, the really deep teaching that matures a believer uh, at the same time as having the celebration and the, the I'm remembering the joy of my salvation. And at the same time, we're trying to have the deep counseling and the deep ministry that we want to do. And at the same time, we're trying to build the relationships which disciple is done within. And, and at the end of the day, we try and pack everything into one space. And what happens is we, we diminish, we diminish the the effectiveness of every one of those elements, right? And so, and so what we are trying to do here is actually separate out the key elements of a journey of discipleship and, 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 and place them in more refined spaces so that we can have a greater, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A greater fruit, for lack of a better word, right? But a greater output of that particular thing, right? So, so now instead of Sunday trying to be everything, Sunday gets to be a really clearly defined gathering to celebrate being found. Does that mean we don't do any of those other things? No, of course not. Okay. Like for instance, we absolutely, okay, will still unpack the Word of God. All right, we're not going to do away with the Word of God, do away with preaching in the party, those sorts of things, okay? We will absolutely continue to unpack the Word of God. I believe bringing fresh revelation is the life of the party, okay? That's the, that's the, 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 the life of the Spirit comes through the revelation of the Word of God. He is the Spirit of revelation, right? We are not removing that from our party. I believe it's critical in the party, okay? But we're not going to spend a whole amount of time doing it at a level that I believe sits in a category of of teaching or where, where, where we want to really engage in the really deep unpacking and ask questions and think about it, that, that should have its own space. And we will create that space, but that space is not the same place in which we're celebrating our salvation and being found. And if we try to make them the same space, we diminish the value that they can have in their own spaces. Okay. So what else is it? Right. I said that, I said that last week that it's, it's not the therapy couch. Okay, and I want to I continue to clarify that that does not mean that we are not going to be having opportunities for ministry, opportunities for moving in the Spirit. Like I said, the Holy Spirit is the very life of the party. Okay, when we talk about having a culture that's full of life, we're talking about having the Spirit of God front and center, moving, active, those sorts of things. But there is a space needed that allows us to, to have the deep conversations with people, to unpack some of the pain, some of the trauma in their lives. And that's, the party is just not the best space to do that, okay? I've been, I've been to parties in my life where, you know, you've got someone who's trying to have this really deep and meaningful conversation in the corner and it's hard for them because the music's loud and everyone's talking loudly and having a good, it's hard for them to have that conversation, okay? But it also disconnects those two people from the rest of the party. 
okay? And so we are going to make sure we create spaces, whether it's encouraging people to go and see professional uh, counselors and things like that, okay? Uh, but we're gonna have those spaces where when, when those things pop up in our lives, we need to talk it through with someone. We've got the spaces and the places to ensure that you're able to do that in a way that is most beneficial in that space. All right, so here we go. The temple, it's a party in a home. It's fun, it's full of life. It's those things we described last week, okay? But what then is the second place? The second place we read about in the book of Acts is that they gathered in homes. They gathered around the table. And so for this, this morning, we wanna talk about the table. And the table, right, we, one example of a table would be the way in which we gather in V groups. But I wanna tell you something, right? Like V groups are not the table. Okay, the table is a wider expression of gatherings. Okay, it's a wider expression of the ways in which we gather in smaller, more intimate uh, uh, places uh, from, from, from within the community. V groups is an example of that, but I'm telling you there are so many more of these table gatherings, right? It's, it's to opportunities where we meet in each other's homes where we, we meet together in cafes or in parks. You know what the table represents? The table is where the family is formed. The table is where the family is formed, right? It's where, it's where that deep connection in family is actually curated, right? Deep connection doesn't, doesn't happen in the party scene, okay? Deep connection happens when you're around a table with each other, when you're breaking bread, when you're sitting down to a meal or over a coffee, when you've got the time and the space to engage in a, in a, in a deep conversation and you be present with that person in that place, listening to what they're saying and engaging in what they're saying. That's where connection is curated. That's where family is built. That's where the, the, the depth of relationship that is supposed to be present in the community of God is actually orchestrated and developed, okay? Too often we've thought that that occurs in the temple and it just doesn't. The temple is the overflow of what's formed around the table. And it's why we need both of these spaces in operation in the life of the church, because if we don't, we will find that the temple is not the party we were expecting because the relationships are not present because we have neglected to sit around the table with one another and invest in each other's lives and build the depth of connection where we go to a level of intimacy with each other in, 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 that we actually know each other and know our lives so that when we do gather and, and, and want to party together there is already an overflowing life in the space of the body of believers you're getting me worked up again I gotta, I gotta bring it back down but you want to know what happens around the table what happens around the table is deep discipleship if you want to know where those spaces of deep discipleship occur. If you're concerned that we're, we're, we're kind of being like, Sunday's not the main discipleship space, I can tell you it's not, right? Like it's an hour and a half. Deep discipleship does not happen in an hour and a half in the midst of a party. Deep discipleship happens because we're meeting up one-on-one -on -one over a coffee. And I'm asking you how that, how that very real issue that you're facing in your life is going. And I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you in the Word of God. Or you're meeting with each other and you're doing the same thing. Let's not rebuild an Old Testament model where the priest is the go-between between you and God. No, we're a community of believers where we are meeting with one another around the table. It's, 
it's a different vibe, right? Like if we're talking about a vibe and a visual and a, you know me, I'm, I'm a feelings guy, I'm a pictures guy, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel very strongly, I'm passionate, but the party has a particular vibe and it should and Sunday should have that vibe, that energy, that life. When we meet around the table, there's still a beautiful life to it, but it's different. Right, it's different, it's intimate, it's softer, it's quieter. The goal is conversation, not celebration. The two very different things and it's okay for them to be different. We don't need to turn every family meal around the dinner table into the celebration of someone's birthday. If you go to a family birthday celebration, that should feel different to the the Sunday roast around the table where we're catching up on each other's week. And this should be the same in our church. Sunday gathering, the temple or Friday night temple gathering of our youth ministry or when young adults gather together in in the full body to celebrate being found and worship our God, that should have such an overwhelming sense of party and celebration and excitement. But I'm telling you, when they gather around the table, when they're around the fire, breaking bread and chatting and talking, that will still have life. But the focus will be on how do we curate conversation? How do we ensure that this whole setting is, is set up and built so that we can actually get into each other's lives and know each other and build depth and, 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 and real a connection with each other. And so the table, I would say, is so critical to the life of the church. Like you see, like in, in Acts 2, the believers understood that they were in each other's homes daily sharing meals, sharing meals. I want to, you know, we, 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 gave, we gave the temple a label. Okay, we gave the temple a label. We said our, our temple gathering is going to be a, a party in a home. It's going to be a party in a home. That gives you like a, it's, it, it, it's an explainer, it's a visual, you get everything in that, right? I want to give you a similar statement for our table gatherings. Remembering that they're not defined to one thing, there's many and multiple but they will have a feel, a look, a vibe in the same way the temple is a party in a home. The table is going to be, this is, this is, this is, this is what it's going to be. It's, it's family time. It's family time, right? It's different. It's, it's way more intimate and close and it's, 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 it's softer. And it's, I've written some things down here. It's personal. It's intimate. It's more private. It's conversation driven. You know what family time in my house is about? Family time in my house is a place where we, we, we challenge our kids, right? We challenge each other. There's, there's, a, there's an admonishing, right, which is done in love, but hey, you're thinking about that the wrong way, right? Like these are the spaces where we can have the real conversations with one another about, hey, I think, I think maybe you're approaching that maybe not the right way, okay? We can't do that in the middle of a celebration. That's not going to be received well. But one-on-one around a coffee, in a relationship that's already formed in love, right? Don't, like, I speak the truth in love. Most of us speak the truth, but we've never formed the love, right? We've never taken the time to build the deep relationship so that the truth comes in love. Love's already there. It's deep. It's like a well of love, and we speak truth into and out of that, right? You don't just speak, oh, I love you, but. No, you don't get to say love. Love is built, <laughs> right? But family time's absolutely where it's both built and we're honest with each other, right? It's where we're grown and encouraged. It's food. There's always food, right? Like always. 
Like the disciples knew that. Jesus knew that all the way through the Old Testament. He's feeding people. He's making loaves of fishes turn in so everyone can eat. Everyone can be, because when we eat together, we're merry, we're happy, we're open, we're loving life, right? Food is amazing. Obviously, I love food. But family time, it's around something. It's something that draws us together. There's a table and food and it brings us into a point of connection, right? We connect over food, over drink. That's what, that's what brings us. And then we're talking, finding out about each other's lives, encouraging each other. Hey, I read this Bible verse this week. It's awesome. I want to share it with you. It's where family's formed, right? It's inviting. It's inviting to come in. And family time, you know, it's got the same essence of being that it's family, there's a sense of home, there's a sense of safety, of being known, of being accepted, of being a part of something, right? No one in my family is isolated at family time. No one is left out in family time, okay? We gather, we make sure everyone's around the table at dinner time. The table forms the family. We, we, we talk about us being a family can I tell you that if we expect that that's gonna, that's gonna all happen just, on a, just at the temple? Like if you think we're gonna form a family just by gathering on a Sunday, it's not gonna happen. That's like, that's like thinking that you're gonna form a family only using birthday celebrations. Only, only, only when we get together on birthdays, that's how we're gonna form family. It's not, it doesn't work like that, guys. The, the, the depth, the love, the intimacy, the relationship, it's not built in the celebration. It's the temple is the overflow of the quality of what's been formed around the table, right? I don't know, I don't know about you. I've been to a lot of birthdays in my time and um, friends' birthdays and, and weddings and all sorts of things. And you can tell, you, can, you, you go to one of these celebrations and there's like an awkwardness underlying the celebration. And that's because there's an awkwardness in the family. That's because that family's fighting with each other over something. That's because there's like, there's like the, the, the black sheep of the family is having to be invited to the wedding because they have to be invited to the wedding. And, and you can tell, right, the celebration, which should be a celebration and it should be an overflow of the quality of the family unit. You can tell it's undermined because what's been happening around the table has not been healing. They haven't been having the conversations where you're, you're feeling the family time in the celebration. And I'm telling you, it happens the other way as well. The celebrations where I've been a part of that are out of control, amazing, is because I know that family, that family spends deep time together. They love each other. They've spent the time to build the healthy, real relationships. And so when they get together, it's a party. It's absolutely a party and it's healthy and it's fun and it's beautiful and it's a celebration and there's no awkwardness because the overflow of their relationships is pure and good and fun. But that relationship's not built in the celebration, it's felt in the celebration. It's felt in the celebration. And we want to try to build everything at the temple. You know, I, I got to tell you, I really feel... I really feel as if there is a, a significant re-emergence of the table needed in our community. 
there is there 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 is a huge need for us to recreate many and multiple table gatherings. We've been we've been doing temple so well for years. But maybe it's been at the expense of recognizing the necessity and the value of the temple. Oh sorry, of the table. And I find it very interesting that we're in a season right now where the temples had to change. It's no less a gathering, it's no less a celebration. But I believe very shortly we're going to move into a season where maybe table gatherings are going to be easier. What if we were to see it as an opportunity to really lean into gathering around the table, building our families, so that when we can get back to temple gatherings in person and online, and you know, I've said we're not going back to how we were. We continue to move forward with multiple temple spaces. But I'm telling you, the quality of those celebrations can go up a level if we lean into the opportunity that we have right now to build table. And you know, I hear sometimes people say, and it breaks my heart, they say, you know, I don't, I don't have any friends at church. And I'm like, oh man, what, what are we missing? What tables are not open? What, what, what tables are not being created in which people are being welcomed into so that they can build the relationship? You know, we, truth is church, we don't build friends on, 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 at our temple gatherings. We party with the ones already built. And if we have people in our community that feel like they don't have that, then we don't need to focus more on the temple, we need to focus on the table. And this is, this is kinda where I wanna land the plane this morning because you know, you might, you might have missed it last week, you might not. But I made it very clear that, that the party was not something put on by the pastors where you were the invitees. No, that 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 party is like a co-host party where all of us who are a part of the body of believers, we are all hosting. We're all hosts of that party because it's all our party. All of us that are saved and being saved, that is our party, our celebration, where we might invite our neighbours, like we unpacked Luke 15, where they went and invited their neighbours in to celebrate being found, right? It's your, your hosting Sunday as much as I am. It's my party. You better believe it's my party, but it's also your party. It's the same for the table. Now, the corporate backbone of the church, you know, we will, we will formulate some tables that people can be a part of. But our community, we've got to understand that if we are relying on the one or two tables that the corporate structure of the church is creating and facilitating, then every person who is a part of this community is missing the mandate of your table, of your table. Where is your table? What table are you forming? What table are you creating? What spaces are you building the deep relationships in the community that you want to celebrate when you gather together on a Sunday with other people? Absolutely, the corporate church will formulate things that we feel are important to move us in the direction God is leading us. But we've got to understand that the building of the body of Christ is not on the back of the corporate. It's on the belief that we are all this. We are the church. 
church. And so we are the party and we are the table. It's where the collective comes to the fore. And I feel like there is a call right now for our people to start seeing themselves as table creators, family time formulators, where you, you have table gatherings. And I know some of you do it. Some of you do it incredibly. I know there's people out in our community that are organising gatherings together. But I feel like God's putting on the hearts of some of you to start a new one. That as we come out of this season of restriction and lockdown, there is a wide open door of opportunity for us. I was having coffee with someone the other day, doing a pastoral visit. We were talking a bit about this and they said, you know, maybe we should just do like a once a month Friday evening drinks on our balcony and invite all of our neighbours. And I'm like, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. You know why? Because when we get to the temple and it's a party and we want to invite our neighbours, can I tell you that no one responds to an invite from a stranger anymore? Let me put it this way. If you think about it like your birthday, right? Your party, your birthday party is about you, but it's not. Like without your friends there, without your guests there, it's not a party, right? Like it's terrible. I've, I've had a party where all my friends bailed. It's bad. So the party is about me, but it's kind of, it needs everyone that I've invited to be there to be the party. But I'm not inviting strangers. I'm inviting people I've already built relationship with. And sometimes I think we get a little insular and we think that our tables should only be for those already in the community. And I believe it's powerful that there's time needed for table, family time for those already in the family. But it's also the space we build the relationship with those not yet in the family so that when we do invite them to our party, they know us well enough to say, yes, I want to come. Gone are the days, church, where Australians are going to respond to, to some invite to a church event. We are in a season where we are going to see salvation after salvation, but the path to the wilderness looks different. It looks like us understanding the power of the table, the power of our table, each one of us and the table that we have, that we open up, that we actually create intentionally to build relationship with those around us so that they are the ones that we would invite to our party. Church, I'm calling us into a season of growing the table. And I'm believing that, that for us, like as a corporate, the pastors, we're talking about having a definitive table gathering in every demographic. And I know young adults, you guys are doing YA plus house parties. I know V groups work in some demographics. They don't work in others. That's cool. Let's, let's do something that does. But can I tell you that that's never going to be enough table? Where's your table? What's God speaking to you about this morning? Who's God telling you to have over for a, for a barbecue on an afternoon? Where are you building those relationships with those outside the community so that you can invite them to the party? God's doing a new thing, church. And part of it is understanding that you are the church. <laughs> your temple, 
your table, our temple, our tables. We can't separate the collective from who God's calling us to be. We all have a mandate to open up our tables, have people over, whether it's those in the community and we're, we're doing that, that discipleship or whether we lean into the fact that discipleship begins before decision and that we, get, we, got, we just got our neighbours over for a barbecue. But our intentionality is to build those relationships so we can invite.